This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters and this is the show that very 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 badly wants nick cage's superman just want more than i got in teen titans go to the movies that was enough briefly it was like a taste it was just the tip just for a sec to see how it felt and it felt good it was like a reminder of what we never had but you want to know what we do have what's that we got our guest ryan from Film FTW joining us for this one. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, you guys are excited for Nick Cage's Superman. I want Walken. I want Christopher Walken as Brainiac. I think that's the brilliant casting. Walken Brainiac made me so happy. I don't even know if that makes me happy, curious, excited. Like, oh, my emotions run amok when I hear Walken. If they slap him in that green makeup and that suit, I'm just doing... Brainiac things. And that sounds great. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I'm sure we'll get into it more, but Walken is fucking weird. Would he do the voice of the robots too? The Brainiac I robots? Hope so. Yes. Oh yes. my God. Just so many so, robots. It's such a missed opportunity all around here. Could you imagine Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor? Oh I my can't. God, I can't. Even though Kevin Spacey was perfect for it because he looks at boys' pants as a land. So, yeah, kind of I'd say he's, MO for he's life. more of a super, super boy villain than a Superman villain. <laughs> you don't want that at all. <laughs> <laughs> should probably say, today, we're talking about our first documentary. And it is 2015's The Death of Superman Lives. What happened? Directed by John Schnepp. What happened? I feel like that's the way you do it, though. You say, like, the death of Superman lives. What happened? If you're going for word count, yeah, I think that's how you do it. <laughs> it looks like shit on a poster. I'll give him that. It is a mouthful. Brian, you ever seen this thing before? Hell no. Have you ever heard this story before? Hell yes. Ryan, have you seen this thing before? Uh, I have, which I didn't realize until about 30 minutes into the viewing this time that I'd already seen <laughs> 30 all 30 minutes is way too long! I thought it was just like, wow, I'm really familiar with this. I must have seen, like, a lot of this in the trailer. And then the more John Peters kept talking, I was, like, predicting what he was going to say. I was like, nope, I've seen this. Yeah, I've totally seen this. <laughs> John Peters is a, a weird guy. I think we can all agree. And he reminds me a lot of Steve Jobs because he seems to have, like, this reality distortion field going on around him where he just thinks whatever he says is the, is the truth and fact and there's nothing better <laughs> in the world. That's the impression I get from him. He seems like one of yeah. those guys who's just going to say whatever he thinks in the moment and if you say something different, you're an asshole. Uh, quick question for you. Did you ever date Barbara Streisand? Did you? Did you? No, I didn't think so. I'm right. You listen to me. I'm, I used to be a hairdresser. I know things. Uh, that is the oh. weirdest flex I've ever heard somebody. I used to be a hairdresser, and now I produce <laughs> movies. He leans into it, though, and it's weird. 
that. Nobody even knows I used to be a hairdresser. It's like, you don't stop talking about it, John Peters. Like, if he were a rapper, he would say, started from the upper middle, now I hear. <laughs> yeah. We should explain John Peters a little bit. There's not a synopsis in this episode because it's a documentary, but John Peters acquired the rights to Superman in the early 90s and said, I should use these because I just produced a Batman and it apparently went over like gangbusters. I mean, it did pretty well. It did really well, right? It did incredibly yeah, well. Right? We're talking well. about the Batman and Robin one with uh, Mr. Freeze. It did super phenomenal. It did great things for comic movies. That That's what we're talking about? No, we're talking about... Batman 89 and Batman Returns. The real ones. <laughs> oh. The proper good Batman movies. The the artsy, moody stepchildren. <laughs> That's exactly it. Right. Well, the good one and the horny one. <laughs> the good one and the horny one is, I think, perfect. That is so perfect. That means that John Peters was the guy who approved the line, you're not the pussy I was looking for. I think we can all assume that's the, exactly the person who, who did that line. Street Fighter yeah, I'm not enthusiast John Peters, of course that was him. <laughs> you know what he's not an enthusiast of? Superman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how far we're going into these quotes here, but yeah. Does not want a Superman to do any of that flying stuff. None of nope. that. Uh, what uh, I can't remember what Kevin Smith called out specifically. There were three rules. The first right. rule was no cape and no suit. No cape. All right. Brilliant. <laughs> what Immediately. What's happening? The second rule, no flying. Okay. So right now we just have a guy named Clark. It's just a dude with laser eyes. That's what we're doing a movie about. <laughs> and then the third rule was the final act has to have a giant spider for Superman to fight. Right. Because he saw King Kong and said, I want to do homage <laughs> to that because that makes perfect sense all around. <laughs> It's not the worst idea. Of those three rules, the spider is the 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 easiest, the most like, all right, we can we can tie this into Superman. That's just good salesmanship though. It's because he came up with the two bat shit ideas first, so the third one made perfect sense. <laughs> well then it worked because I was hook line and sinker. Uh <laughs> Jeremy I know this movie. We know it does not uh, pan out well for this giant spider uh, third act finale, uh, thanks to Wild Wild West. But I think there is something there to like Superman, like having like a real big, like climactic battle with an adversary, like that's fucking huge and like different instead of just another Kryptonian, which is what we got in like the old 80s and 70s movies. Just, oh, it's Lex Luthor or an evil Kryptonian or evil Superman or nuclear man who is essentially just space superman yeah it's <laughs> yeah lame i i'm i'm with john peters at this point i am with john peters in the in the storytelling i guarantee john peters just felt that because no one's ever said that and i guarantee he felt it <laughs> somebody just agreed oh with shit me. i'm getting a call right now uh it's from <laughs> hollywood uh-oh it's john peters <laughs> you better take that call uh your hair does look good though Maybe you do know him. I don't know. <laughs> that is, all right. So that is, all right, underdog story, right? This guy, who is a Hollywood hairdresser, coming up, being a producer, making a Superman movie, kind of cool. Where does it go wrong? I don't even know if it's an underdog story because he got a job working in his parents' hairdressing salon on Rodeo Drive. So he got to use all these connections there. Oh, and then he ended up going yeah. into the movies and 
doing Barbara Streisand's hair and then doing other things of Barbara Streisand for an extended period of time and so producing movies that way. And I'm like looking at this guy's credits and it just always, always, always blows my mind that he produced Caddyshack because I, I don't think this man has a sense of humor at all. Huh. huh. That is fascinating. That's Yeah, that is very interesting. Um, no, he is not shown to ever crack a joke or even a smile once during this entire documentary. Yeah. Huh. Or understand jokes that are thrown at him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but John Peters has the rights to Superman. He says, I'm going to make this movie. He gets Kevin fucking Smith Kevin to write the Smith. first draft of this. They wanted to call it Superman Reborn. Kevin Smith said, no, no, no. That's dumb. <laughs> Let's call this thing Superman Lives. And he goes off uh-huh. and he writes the script. According to the three rules. According to the three rules. Yeah. But he also has Doomsday in there, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Because in comics, the whole death of Superman thing had just happened. Dan Jurgens wrote that. And they wanted to really lean on that because that was a huge comic book moment. But they wanted right. to lean on that with a giant spider and do I don't I don't know. Yeah. Well, all right, so this is all revisionist, right? Because we're given this through Kevin Smith's point of view and John Peters, both who right. have very conflicting things to say about each other. Um, but I think Doomsday is a stroke of brilliance from how Kevin Smith talks about it in retrospect. It seemed like he was really onto something ahead of the game by like making the subtle nod to Batman and the bringing that in. Even the Thanagarian snare beast is like a stroke (laughs) of brilliance. He's right. He like, he makes a joke. He's like, it's fucking stupid. You're yeah. But it, it kind of fits in a weird way. Like, it's yeah, that sounds like a giant spider. Yeah. 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 It sounds, it sounds fine. And you know, I think from what it sounds like, I think Kevin Smith was onto something here, maybe had an interesting idea, but then you hear John Peters just flat out say, Oh, his script was uh, amateurish and bullshit, which I also don't necessarily have a hard time believing seeing Kevin Smith's passion. Yeah, I would just imagine nowadays. it's really, really talky if nothing else. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has to fight a spider at some point, though. And That's Doomsday. True. Also true. So it can't be that right. talky. I, I, still Kevin I, I don't know. I, if you well, told yeah. me that in a movie that two characters were going to have to solve all of their love issues by going to multiple malls and eventually being on a game show at the end of it within a mall, it shows how much you could squeeze it. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have you guys ever looked at the casting that was suggested by Kevin Smith for his version of this movie? I think I briefly read parts of it, and I went, oh, it's just going to be a View Askew Universe movie. Yeah, pre-Nick Cage. Uh, I don't know if Burton was on yet, because Tim Burton is no. about to become a major player in this story. Tim mm-hmm. Burton is the one who kicked Kevin off of it. So. Okay, so Smith's casting choices, according to Wikipedia, Ben Affleck as Clark Kent Superman. Linda Fiorentino is Lois Lane. <laughs> He's got his buddies That's already working for him. Interesting, considering the beef they had with Dogma. This is pre-Dogma. pre-dogma I guess it would be. Yeah. Wow. Well, he's, he's about to have his heart broken there, but let's continue. <laughs> Jack Nicholson as Lex Luthor. Love it. We just had him as Joker. Yep. <laughs> years ago now. That's in the past. This is like as good as it gets. It was almost 10 years ago, if that. And it's DC. At that point, you're just like, okay, I guess Jack Nicholson is just the comic book villain guy. Eh, that one's not good casting. That one's a little late. Hold on a second. Sign me up. 
if you just keep putting Jack Nicholson in every DC movie as, as, the as villain. all the villain as all of them, yeah. <laughs> he's Ares. He's uh, he's just every fucking villain. Oh, that's Jack Nicholson as Eobard Thawne. Oh, I'd love to see him as Orm in that fucking dumb helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so that'd be good. great. <laughs> you got Thomke Jansen as Mercy Graves. More exciting, you got John Mahoney as Perry White. Who's John Mahoney? Frazier's dad. Oh, I'm I in. kind of love that. Yeah. David Hyde Pierce as the Eradicator. So we have <laughs> a weird DC Frazier verse going on here. <laughs> Jason Lee as Brainiac. That one just never made sense to me. And ready for this? Everyone holding on to your butts? Though. My favorite part. Ready? You're about to hate something, I think, or you might love it. I'm not If quite it's Jason sure. Mewes in any part, I'm not cool with it. As Jimmy Olsen. Oh, huh. Okay. Uh, huh. Hmm. Weirdly on board. Huh? Uh, that was <laughs> no. not the reaction I no. thought I'd get from Ryan. No. Huh. <laughs> I was expecting something very intense, like absolutely or very intense. No, but contemplating Ryan is weird. I don't know if I like this version of you. I'm trying to give it a give it a chance here. Let it uh, grow on my brain. I I guess it depends on how much Jimmy Olsen has to do. It's a Kevin Smith written movie. It's lots if it's Jason Mewes. Oh God, that's true. <laughs> that's true. See, I would be a okay with like a Flash level cameo from Jason Mewes, like real quick in and out. Jimmy yeah. Olsen, he's at the office. You see him, and then he's on assignment, and then he's not there the rest of the movie. And then maybe if it does well, we'll see more of him later. But Jason Mewes, at that time, would have been, like, knee-deep in drug addiction. So, like... That's true. I don't see, like, responsible go-getting, like, reporter boy. Let's go back <laughs> to Jason Lee as Brainiac, though. Because I... Actually, I think I'm for this. I, am I love totally it so much. Really? Yeah. The more I think on this, the more I'm into this. I think maybe he's a little young at that time. But seeing, like... I, I think Jason Lee now would be really interesting too, but I, I don't know. I'm, I think he's got the wit for it and he, huh? I don't know. We'll get into, no, we already said Christopher Walken. Like Christopher Walken is the clear way to go because with Brainiac, you do need this foreign kind of presence, this weird outsider voice. And I think Jason Lee can maybe do something close to that, but nothing like Christopher Walken. But so, not like Walken. I completely yeah. agree. So I may be tainted there. And directing this thing was going to be Robert Rodriguez. He turned it down. He liked the script. He decided I'm going to do the faculty instead. So that's good that he actually had a job, unlike the rest of these huh. folks here. And then John Peters and Kevin Smith met, and they read the script. And apparently there's a real fucked up story about how John Peters, like, scripts read to him. Yes. <laughs> how he lays on a couch and puts his hands up as he looks at the ceiling as the movie read to him like a goddamn weirdo. Just another oh, thing about John Peters that makes me feel weird. I was going to say, this is the one time I maybe got John Peters because I get that. Like the the envisioning, the framing of it and like kind of seeing it. That you would have another human being read it to you and do that is, well, I mean, whatever. You're Hollywood elite at that point. Why would you not have that? But like, yeah, I would totally read a script or something and try to like envision the framing. So like, I get that. I get that. John Peters reminds me of that kid in college who just has eccentricities for the sake of having eccentricities. <laughs> uh, that's, woo, that's interesting. 
That's interesting. I I think we'll get to that point yet, but so far from what we've seen from John Peters, I'm still on board jo- with him. I so Ride far not weird yet to me. All right. Not yet. Not yet. Smith and Peters meet. They both suggest Tim Burton for the role of directing. Right. Which in my mind makes perfect sense at this point because he knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. with Batman. Yeah. Again, feels a little incestuous. Just like bringing back Jack Nicholson, but okay. But is it incestuous though? Because look at where the DCEU is now with like, Zack Snyder. He's got his fingers in everything. Incestuous. And I would argue yeah. that's an issue for the DC universe. It'd be like John Favreau knocked Iron Man out of the park. Let's bring him back for Thor and Captain America. No, fuck that. Get like other voices in there. Not that's making very, very one fair. thing. That's, so I, that's my only, I guess, criticism with Tim Burton. Otherwise, he is a perfect weirdo for telling but if a you're Superman looking at story. The existence of the DC movies at that point, it is two movies that Tim Burton did a pretty good job on, and then two movies that Joel Schumacher just destroyed. So it makes sense for them to be like, okay, let's bring Tim Burton back in, especially if you have a cameo written in for Batman. You've also got the Donner stuff too, and Donner did well, but I, I, I don't know. I would so argue you could find interesting voices around that time. Why not a fucking Spielberg Superman movie? Court, court Spielberg and pay that man fucking money. It checks out. The character's yeah. got daddy issues right away. That's yeah. all you need. And you Damn. can do it like a Schindler's List type thing, too. Make it all black and white, except for the, <gasps> the red cape flowing back there. And Superman shows up in Metropolis. I could have saved more. That's a fucking more. joke, but I love it. I could have saved more. But I more. love it. <laughs> or just get Liam Neeson as Superman and make it still <laughs> Schindler's List. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. And then he fights a giant spider. We're good. I have a particular set of skills. No, no, no. Please uncover that sun or else I'm fucked. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. So you can fly. No, no but I no. can jump really far. Do you have a cape? <laughs> no, I also no, have I do a not. cape. Because John Peter said it was, um, quote unquote, faggy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word, unfortunately. That is, that is the word. That is a direct quote. That is where I jumped off the John Peter's wagon. I was like, oh, okay. So this guy really doesn't understand not only Superman, but comic books. Yep, oh, right. okay. Because he was laying down some interesting ideas and shaking up the formula, which I'm always down for. And then you learn... He's shaking up the formula because he doesn't know what the fucking formula is because he doesn't know this shit. (laughs) So years later, John Peters did come out and say that he felt like he missed the whole point of what he was trying to do with Superman. Like it lacked the heart. It lacked the humanity. It's like that is literally entirely what Superman is about. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tim Burton comes on board and says, Kevin Smith, thanks for recommending me. Also, you're fired. (laughs) Probably not. I don't know. Makes sense. Probably makes sense. And they bring on Wesley Strick, who at this point was most famous for Cape Fear and revisions on Batman Returns. Rachnophobia. <laughs> it checks out actually with the spider oh, thing. But spiders. There they it is. bring him on board and they start casting. And this is where it gets uh-huh. really exciting because yeah. this is where they get Nicolas Cage as Woo! Superman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Could you say that again? I will not. Nicholas fucking Cage. <laughs> I know what I said this time. What I should have said is Oscar winner Nick Cage, and that always freaks me out more. <laughs> Oscar winner Nicholas fucking Cage. He should have never left Las Vegas. <sighs> That's true. That's true. Nick Cage, what an interesting pick. What a fucking roll of the dice. He is yeah. a massive Superman fan, though. He's even got a kid named Kal-El. Right. <laughs> 
That doesn't mean anything. Kevin Smith is a Jay and Silent Bob fan, and look what he did to Reboot. Reboot's great. Reboot's just a love Reboot's letter. Reboot's phenomenal. Oh, shit. I guess I have. All right. Well, that'll be a different bone I'll pick later. But <laughs> Pick you later. Yeah. Uh, all right. Just because you're a fan, you might be too close to the material. You might be too close in your opinion. I don't know that it's always the best to be a great, great fan. I think it can help to be a little bit of a fan, but I don't know that it necessarily means you're the best for the part. And Nick Cage is fucking risky. Like, you could get Leaving yes. Las Vegas, but you could also get face off, you know? <laughs> it is a real roll of the dice. Yeah, but it's for this definitely script, a gamble. Is it, though? Because this script that Wesley Strick pumps out, Buck Wild's putting it lightly. Because now there's weird gizmos going throughout this suit and living organisms and regeneration. And I, I don't know what. Yeah. 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 If, Brainiac uh, yeah. is just a head on a spider body. <laughs> I love that. That I'm down Pretty for. Neat. I think that's great. The Brainiac head skull ship. Great. And I think they've reused this later in many Brainiac things in the comics and Injustice. Great designs. Some really good stuff there. The bio suit and the chamber and the suit being alive and like almost like a second character feels real fucking needless. Really needless. <laughs> I think that grew out of the Kevin Smith script where he had Eradicator was going to be the one who helped Superman come back to life. Oh. And so you get rid of Eradicator and you make it his little suit. His little his little buddy, what was it, K was the name of the I little think that floating was the robot? Name of it. <laughs> and it was like yeah. the essence of Krypton in this cute marketable little robot toy that followed him around everywhere. And then that became his suit which revived him. Wild. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. It's amazing how toyetic they wanted every little thing to be on this. Everything. And that's They're all like, they really yeah. shop for. It's like Wesley Strick, I need you to, uh, you know, Toy Story and how those toys are toys. Make these guys toys, but also Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage toys. That's that's the game right here. With long hair, and it's weird. Well, the long hair is not the worst. That is what is comic accurate for the death of Superman, right? He has, like, the weird fucking mullet phase in right. the 90s, and, like, that's pretty accurate. I'll tell you what does not fucking work is his goddamn nerd face, which I could already <laughs> tell I was not going to be into. Um, seemed very much, like, down the, the Jamie Foxx uh, electro oh, route, yeah. where it is just hammed up. Just and a that, total caricature and offensive. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of where I saw his Clark Kent going. Superman would... Well, that's fine. But everything around Clark Kent and that performance felt a little... Yeah. Uh, eh, I don't know. Christopher Reeve had a subtlety to his Clark Kent that was just so perfectly done. He was, he was think... mild-mannered. He was mild-mannered yeah. and unassuming. He wasn't a fucking outright nerd reject and this is right. why i fucking have grown so despondent with tim burton we're uh, looking at superman lifting something this is what he does that's a superman uh, what's he lifting oh his hair is not that long in this comic huh? oh it's not that long no was it when he comes back that it's long i want to say in the documentary colleen atwood who was a costume designer said that it, they were just doing testing, and it was a wig that had not been cut yet to the actual shape of Superman's hair. Don't make him wear it then. Just let Nick Cage oh. Nick Cage. Just, just let him Nick Cage all <laughs> over the screen. Because there's a few pictures of him without the wig, too. 
That's true. Uh, and if you guys haven't weirder. seen the pictures, they're infamous now. Go find the pictures. Uh, some would say in the super this scene. this documentary was made just to counter those pictures because, like, that's the story. Is um the famous story is Brian Singer when talking about doing his Superman. Um, anytime he got pushed back from the studio, he would hold up the picture of Nick Cage in this suit, in this pre-production still, and say, this is what you tried to do in the past. This is what I'm not doing. This is what I'm not doing. And so John Schnepp, being the, the lovable nerd he is, decided to make a whole movie that's an um actually, um, it's actually kind of <laughs> cool that, that Nick Cage was weird and different. Huh? It's actually kind of cool. No, I actually agree with you, because I... I love John Schnepp mostly from like Metalocalypse and things like that. Yeah. What he did yes. But yeah. watching this documentary and it's like, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead here because no. we lost John Schnepp a few years ago and he was really, really close to a lot of famous nerds and he was really embedded in the world of nerddom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But God damn it. I thought Pez was going to start shooting out his neck for the amount of times he just nodded in this thing and his head <laughs> going up and down. There was no reason for him to be on screen as often None! as None! There's no reason for him to be on screen at all! Period! When yep. you take a documentary class anywhere, there's a choice to be made of, are you going to be on screen? Are you going to be off screen? He could have just not done that. Instead, he just wanted his one shot with Tim Burton of him just sitting there in Tim Burton's weird office oh. lair. And I think my favorite part castle. about the whole Tim Burton thing is how they got Tim Burton's assistant in there to do... Uh, part of the documentary and speak highly about tim burton and it's just a different chair in tim burton's office it's like i'm not gonna speak ill of my fucking boss while i'm sitting in his house he's gonna stick hell in a bottom corner on me if we do that <laughs> yeah uh completely extraneous did not add anything there's one point where he was interviewing john peters and john peters has to take a phone call and because john peters has a phone on his coffee table directly in front of him Yep. During this sure. interview. How cocky are you? Well, all right, Ugh. all right. And I get, I get, this is the joke, and this is why John Schnepp left that in, because he's showing John Peters' arrogance and cockiness. But you know what else is fucking arrogant? All the fucking cuts back to John Schnepp as he's taking fucking water swigs. Like, it is literally like <laughs> his fucking comedic go-to is like, John Peters is talking for 30 seconds, we cut back to Schnepp, sucking that water. Oh, yeah. in that water and it's just a, like a three minute bit and it's like i fucking get it this does not need to be here it doesn't I agree. add anything quit inserting yourself my dude this is nice that we're picking on the documentary itself and not just so much the stuff within it right because i agree with you a hundred percent i agree <laughs> yeah i had some issues with john schnepp i had some issues with the presentation but that's that's we'll leave that there and we'll continue <laughs> so they get all the concept art done for this and they start doing some of the designs. I don't know how far they actually got because I know they got awfully close to production, but at the same time, it felt like they weren't close at all to production. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was only a couple of weeks before they started shooting that the whole thing got called off, which is crazy because it did not seem like they were prepared to start shooting. No, not even a little bit. But Wesley Strick gets fired and they bring on Dan Gilroy, mm. who is mm. a pretty good screenwriter. Yeah. Very good. Nightcrawler, Academy Nightcrawler Award winner. Very good. It was uh, he got nominated for it too. Nominated was it? All right, yeah. nominee, not a win not winner, but nominated. Yeah, we want to make it know that Dan Gilroy hasn't won shit, but he has been nominated. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. But no, he's fantastic, and I would be very curious to see what his script was. 
Versus, honestly, I would love to see all, th- that's, a, that's a lie. I would love to see Kevin Smith's and Gilroy's. I think Wesley Strix is going to be pretty bland and nothing. Yeah. I read the Kevin Smith. It's a little talky. Oh. But it's serviceable for sure. Hmm. The Gilroy one, I think, was the best from like the little snippets I read. But even there was still some bullshit in there that just didn't make any sense. Because I only read hmm. parts of that one. Because I was scrolling. So I'm like, I'm not going to read another script. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Who has the Damn. time? But you could see where the wheels fell off of this thing pretty quickly because it seemed like Tim Burton didn't have a handle on what movie he actually wanted to make. John Peters didn't know what movie he wanted to make. And they're just kind of going off the writer at this point. Even Nick Mm -hmm. Cage is asking these basic-ass questions to Tim Burton, and Burton has no clue how to answer them. (laughs) And that right there is a big problem. When you can't answer your actor asking, like, what's my motivation here, and you can't answer it as a director, means you're not ready. Right. You don't know what movie you're making. Simple it as sounded that. to me like Tim Burton and John Peters wanted to make two very different movies, and neither one of them knew exactly what it was. Hmm. I think that's exactly what it was. But yes, this movie did get shut down weeks out from production itself, and that's kind of where the story ends and the legend begins. This movie is kind of legendary because it never happened, and it had no. all these giant names attached to it, and it is probably the largest superhero property that there is it's superman right there's a lot of weight behind that sure batman on film now has all that weight but superman as a whole i think carries just that much more it's that much more special to a lot of people and i don't think i'm telling tales out of school here right no he's the dc comics uh anchor you know he's he's the flagship property yeah 100 percent it would be him and, and Batman. I don't know. Batman did gain a lot of ground in the, the late 80s, early 90s. By the but time then he lost a lot of ground Creed. until Christopher Nolan got his fingers all over that baddie boy. Oh, right. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Joel, Sh- Joel Schumacher ran his name right through the mud. Joey's shoes and his nips. And bat credit cards. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Never leave home without it. <laughs> Let me ask you boys this. Ryan. Are you upset that this movie never got made? No, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm one of the weirdos who really likes the Superman uh, Returns from Singer. I and love I... Superman Returns from Singer. Okay, cool. I, 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 I honestly love the return back to like that classic Donner style. As much as it like was a slave to the Donner movies, I'm okay with that because that felt right. I think Superman Returns, or I guess Superman Lives, sorry... Um, would be the movie you kind of need, like, in superhero fatigue, like, when you need something very, very different. But yeah. I think, at that point, we've not had Superman right yet, uh, for, like, the last 20 years. We, we, we didn't have that, I, 20 years is way too long, but... I think it's correct, though, because... Is that right? Uh, no, uh, it's close, because 78, 78 Superman is, is a thing of beauty, and then... You have yeah. a lot of weirdness that happened with Superman 2, and it depends what yeah. you watch of that, because right. the Lester cut's confusing, and the Donner cut is a borderline masterpiece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we didn't get till much, much later in the 2000s or something, right? Exactly. So exactly. By that point, yeah, we had one good Superman movie that kind of really got Superman and then messes with, with varying successes in the, sure. the next three after that. Yeah. So I think it's good to return back to kind of Essentially, the quintessential Clark Kent and Superman, which is what I think Superman Returns did. Would I love to see some of the elements of Superman Returns? Yes, in a future movie. I don't think I need to see that version. I don't care about Tim Burton. 
Nah. Yeah, I think it would have come out at a time where it had the potential to change what Superman was, kind of the way that Batman 89 kind of evolved Batman into this darker character. It probably would have done something similar to Superman, and that's just not Superman. Mm-hmm. That said, I would fucking love to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have a morbid curiosity about this movie that I would have watched the hell out of it. I don't know Absolutely. if I would have liked it, but I would have appreciated it being out in the world just because of how weird it is. But that also might just be nostalgia glasses, like looking at this of it would have been so unique and so different. Would it have been good? Probably not. But I think it would have been interesting if nothing else. Yeah. I think it's probably best in our imaginations, to be honest. The movie that we can envision with these little pieces is going to be better than anything they were ever able to make with John Peters and Tim Burton attached. Because as you said, they would have just conflicted and made a confusing mess. Now, I'm really, really happy you said all of that about the movie that we imagine and all these little pieces. Because The Death of Superman Lives is a documentary about something that never happened. It is about these, I don't even know if you want to call it fans. It's a producer who hired fans in order to make something. And then they tried to make something and it just didn't work out. So we're going to try to do something a little bit different here because we're going to make our own Superman movie right now. And I think the only way that we can make our own Superman movie is if we have a little bit of help in the form of a card game. I think that's the right move. What we have here is Pitch Storm, which is a card game by... I like how you're pausing to read it. Which is a card game by Skybound. (laughs) Oh, you gave credit. Something that Marvel never does to artists like David Aha and Hawkeye coming out. Oh, yeah. And apparently I've heard that the opening credits are basically just his comic book. Pay the man. Pay him. Anyway, Skybound, which also does Invincible. So, you know, this comic company, they're, they're familiar with how the cards should be, I guess. <laughs> like you said, are you familiar with cards? They are too. Because <laughs> comics, you know, Invincible and card games, they are things that this company does. Exactly. Basically, the game is this. There are three decks of cards. There are characters, plot, and producer notes. And what's going to happen here is we already have our character, our main character. It's Nick Cage playing Superman. We want this movie made. So what we're going to do is we're going to introduce some random plot elements, choose some side characters, and then I'm just going to start giving you guys producer notes. That are based on the cards that you're pulling, right? Based on the cards, exactly. And the cards say things something like, can we add some edgy racial tension? That's what's in the zeitgeist right now. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. That's just an example. I don't think that's going to be in our Superman movie. But who you knows? Well, I just uh, turned to uh, the page on Blackie Sarto, who is a jewel thief. And I don't know um, race, but considering it's comics, there's a pretty good indicator. I would say <laughs> you're right about that. There's a tell. Should be Oof. noted that. Both of these gentlemen have their DC encyclopedias open. That's right. Ready to go. I would say this is also from 1942, so it's probably 100%. Oh, without a doubt. Um, oh, yeah. For 100%. sure. 100%. All right. I got my DC encyclopedia ready. Ryan has his ready. Uh, let's make a fucking movie. Let's make a movie. So we're going to start off with Nicolas Cage as Superman, and I'm just going to pull the first plot card and see what it says. Discovers a hidden island full of mythical creatures. All right, so it's like a Wonder Woman scenario. It's the mascara. Yep, there you go. 
Yeah. Or an island offshoot of Themyscira that is like all of like the Greek mythological uh, monsters like Medusa and the Minotaur and like the skeletons oh, from Jason the Argonauts. I like that. They're all yeah. there. So it's kind of like a Key West of Themyscira. Yes. But also yes. it's like it has like Olympus elements to it. It's like Madagascar oh, meets. A, not Greek pantheon. All pantheons of like mythological monsters. Oh. You got the chupacabras there and like all kinds of shit. Like any fucking Lochus monster. Mm-hmm. Sasquatch yeah. is just hanging the Baba out. Yaga is over there. <laughs> Lock, yes. Lock, yes. Hold on. Let's put a pin in that one. Okay. And let's get another plot point and see if we can, you know, see if we can get any traction here. Sounds mm-hmm. good. I'm going to pull this one from the superhero expansion pack. That's right, the right place you should have started the first time. Fights a gang of super vampires. Hmm. Well, I immediately go to uh, Marvel. I was going to say, we don't want to do a crossover with Marvel. There's no need for that yet. No. Are there vampires in the DC universe? I probably, don't but know of any. I don't know any. Why don't we pick, pick another one. Pick another one. Let's, Let's pick uh, a different one. Yeah, we, that's, we're not getting the juices yet. Well, you know, we could just... Well, fuck it. Uh, there doesn't have to be established vampires. It is Superman versus Dracula. And it is a raid-style fucking fight where he is just taking out vampires all the way up to the big one. Which is... Count. But in a Snowpiercer Kill Bill kind of subversion, they don't fight <laughs> at the end. And they just have a 15-minute talk about mortality <laughs> and humanity and life. And they Superman like has Loki. to convince vamp- or Dracula... Uh, why humanity is 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 worth it? I don't know. That's... I like that. I like. There's something there. Yeah. Let me let me turn the tables just a tiny little bit. Do it. Think about this one. Superman Jimmy Olsen as like an Abbott and Costello type routine. Meet the vampire. Ooh. Like meet Dracula. Ooh. I'm in. I don't know if I'm in. I don't even know if I'm all about that one. It's just that's where my head went right away. It's an interesting well, right. take. Uh, easy easy tie back. Uh, Jimmy Olsen in Superman Lives would have been Chris Rock. Are you keeping Chris Rock and Nick Cage as the the buddy pairing as they go in to meet Dracula? 1,000%. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm still into this. Yeah. Yeah, 100% into this. (laughs) Stick another pin in that one. We got two ideas. I don't know if they're good yet. Two ideas. (laughs) (laughs) The next one. Nick Cage as Superman fights to prevent a world-changing technology from being used for evil. That's a very Superman thing to do. Super Superman. <laughs> huh. All right. So uh, Maxwell Lord or somebody like this is an easy jump to. Yeah. Um, Lex Luthor, you could also do. He's got like Luther OS version 5.0 is coming and it's going to do horrible shit and Superman has to stop it. That's uh, pretty, pretty standard. Or you just jump right back into Brainiac. This is all planned for, from Brainiac, and it leads to Superman fighting Brainiac. I'm always down for Brainiac, especially if we're keeping Walken. Oh, of course. I would love uh, to get Walken in this movie somehow, as a vampire again. He's played a vampire ooh. at some point, right? For sure. And if he hasn't, Walken, then casting can, directors need to fuck all the way off because they're missing an opportunity. I can absolutely picture it, but I don't know if it's like a, like a, a Shazam situation. I can, yeah, I can picture him making the fucking teeth. Or, I think that's or, like, or a, like a sleepy hollow thing. That's peak. why. That might be. That might be. Yeah. Mm. I'm picturing like the giant collar and the widow's peak. What about a, um, um, 
an I'm Not There, that Bob Dylan biopic, <laughs> okay. uh, where every scene, it's a new Brainiac. And then you get Christopher Walken, and then you get Jason Lee, and then Ooh. fuck it, let's throw in Will Smith and some weird fucking ones. Um, Kate Blanchett, sure, she's there again, because she can she do anything. She needs a job, yeah, she could fit yeah. in. Tilda Swinton as Brainiac. Uh, honestly, you know who it would be? It would be fucking um, Helena Bonham Carter. Of course it of would course. be. And a ball cap. She'd shave her head. She's Methodist. All hell. Oh, yeah. She? That I makes don't know. sense. <laughs> she might as well It be seems like she would be. It seems like she would be. Third pin. Let's get two more, and then we're going to move forward with our plot. All right. I'm going to pull another one from the base deck, not from the Superman okay. deck. Nick Cage, as Superman, has just two hours to find a huge amount of money for a dangerous mobster. This is easily the most exciting one so far, because it makes the least amount of sense. Exactly. Superman so the mobsters have um, a supply of kryptonite, right? And yes. they are, but it's like that weird one, like it's like a blue or orange or pink, whichever one makes Superman like complacent. I don't know. You can make up a fucking color. It doesn't matter. Yellow That's kryptonite. True. Oh, it's purple makes kryptonite. Do stuff. Um, so that way you have human mobsters able to control Superman. Then you make it a tight, like, uh, 20, uh, oh no, not, uh. Man on fire. Oh my god. Like, man on fire, but Superman. And he has to get shit done real quick. Just real dark and grimy. I like what you're saying about dark and grimy right now. I mm-hmm. love it, in fact. I see you're dark and grimy, and I raise you, Superman, Nick Cage. All right. He's got to get this fortune for the mobsters. Ooh. The problem is, is that vampires and technology have found a way to block out the sun so he doesn't have all of his powers. <laughs> so what he has to do is he has to steal all these different cars on a list because he needs to get all this money in order to pay off said mobsters. Right. I like this. And at the end, you have Nick Cage in a Superman costume driving Eleanor, like in Gone in 60 Seconds. Can I give you a production <laughs> note on this one? That's a, uh, uh, Ryan, what do you think? This, this obviously is not the idea, but this has a lot. I like and, this. If I, like else, this but, I like this a lot, and I think there is, honestly, for as... Like, we are just ripping out of our ass here. I think yeah, there is rip, baby. genuine rip. interplay between Superman and vampires, with Superman getting his power from the sun, vampires not, you know. Yes. I, there is something there. There 100%. is definitely something there. I am, I'm, uh, I'm into this. I'm into this. I did find a vampire, a vampo, in, uh, oh. in the DC Encyclopedia, and it is Andrew Bennett. Uh, that's it. He's just a vampire. But he is the, the he's a DC character, so we might have a villain. Uh, okay. All right. Well, he's all right. So maybe he's not well known enough. Maybe he's oh, got a Kane. lackey. Kane's a vampire. I was, oh, what? Uh, oh, I think I know Kane. Hold on. Maybe I don't know. Kane. I only know that because it was written in Andrew Bennett's biography <laughs> that he was bit by Kane, the first vampire. Oh. Oh, that works. Uh, he is not in my encyclopedia. Is how uh important of a character Kane is. Yeah, I got no Kane. In mine, it's David Kane. Okay. And his entry is smaller than Andrew Bennett's. So what's the point? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The entry for Kane and Abel here is even shorter than Andrew Bennett's and it's shorter than David Kane. So DC is going to have to come up with a a bigger vampire or we're going to have to learn how to use encyclopedias better to find a bigger vampire. That's true. There's all right, so um We, we got something go brewing though. I feel route. this brewing. This feels like when you hit the, the power button on the Keurig and it starts just bubbling just a little bit. Yeah. 
So it doesn't necessarily have to be just vampires, but it could be within the realm. So with vampires, you could have them work with Solomon Grundy or like, um, is, is it Swamp Thing? That's DC, right? You could like have some weird kind of obscure characters come in. Fucking, all right, if you're doing, uh, oh God, if you're doing vampires and Dracula and shit. All right. So if your villain's Dracula, you have Superman team up with Constantine. Boom. Cooking with fire now. Yeah. I love it. You got your religious angle that pretty immediately flies in the face of vamp- vampirism. Um, it's essentially you're just doing the Justice League dark <laughs> and yeah. taking those characters. You are, but it's not a bad thing. No. Because that's no, a very specific a direction. Brian, hit us with one more. One more plot. One more plot. I have bourbon fueling my brain right now. This is where magic happens. The buffalo is tracing. It absolutely is. <laughs> Clark Kent, Superman, Nick Cage, pilots a giant robot to save the world from monsters. Beautiful. All right. We're, uh, we're, we've got gold now. The very we've... first um, trade from the Superman Batman uh, series in like, what I want to say 20... 2007, 2008, featured like some kid who was obsessed with Supergirl and built like a giant mecha robot of her that they then appropriated to make like... um. A half Superman, half Batman mecha thing to fight yes. some big dumb fucking shit because of course comics. That, that make that. Ha- um, all right. So Superman um has been beat into an inch of his life by something. That's the sure, opening because the vampires have blocked out the sun. Ooh. Right, right. I for a second the vampire thing. There you go. Yeah, we're basically just doing the plot of the death of Superman lives. There's no sun. So, they did so block Superman out the sun. And dies, yes. and we need somebody to bring him back somehow. So we're going to use a suit. I don't know because I kind of like the idea of of Clark Kent riding around cyborg, like he's a thoroughbred. Oh, oh that's interesting. What if cyborg makes like like you know how Lex Luthor has like the, that power suit? Cyborg yeah, just yeah. reforms around Superman's body to be like a super suit. And that is Cyborg. Okay. And then he is your talking suit partner. That's about what all if... you need Cyborg for. That's genius! Hold on, but what if instead of Cyborg, it's actually a construct from the Green Lantern? Yeah, that could work. But so is 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 the Green Lantern, I'm, I'm assuming it's Hal Jordan, just hovering in the background the entire time. Just so it's like following that. him around, putting a <laughs> ring suit on. Hill House, you're like looking in the frames to see where the hidden Green Lantern is. Just in the in the corner, just like <laughs> falling around with his fist out. Just all right, Superman. I made your suit for you. And here's the best part: there was another very famous DC canceled movie where the Green Lantern was going to be played by Jack Black. What? The oh fuck? my god! For real? Missed opportunity. Yeah, there was supposed to be a Green Lantern comedy starring Jack Black. Well, we're gonna have to take a minute here. Uh, when was this? <laughs> <laughs> There's there's definitely a time in Jack Black's career where, where I would have loved this. At least 1997 is what I'm seeing. When Kevin Smith was approached to write the screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a writer. Oh, Damn. man. It's a, it's a Superman-Green Lantern team-up with Nick Cage and Jack Black. It, no, right now it's a Superman-Constantine team-up with right. Green Lantern just in the background the entire time. <laughs> And I would have to imagine, I want Kilowog there. 
just to shit on Green Lantern and have a buddy comedy that we can't hear at all in the back. <laughs> we just it's John C. Riley as Kilowatt, and we know just hilarious things are happening in the background with Jack Black and John C. Riley. Oh, I would love, but that. we can't hear what they're saying. Ever. None of it. Would it be a CG character with John C. Riley's not heard voice, or is it literally John C. Riley? And like very thin makeup, so it's like, oh yeah, that's John C. Riley over there. Yeah, I'm thinking John C. Riley in some prosthetics, but you can still tell it's him. Okay. And then every now and then, all you hear is, "Yeah, that's a good one, Hal." <laughs> and it's like, you know, there was a funny made that we're not privy to. Yeah, that's world building right there. That's how real worlds work. You don't hear every conversation, right? And then when the Blu-ray comes out, there could be a separate commentary that's just John C. Riley and Jack Black with Superman and Constantine in the background. <laughs> uh, we found a way to I get two movies that. out of this yeah that's brilliant is this the idea we're rolling with right now i have no idea it sounds like how you have these two groups that are fighting vampires both together and separately <laughs> so wait what are the two groups again we have because all right so the other group is john c Riley and hal jordan not yeah, jack black technically hal jordan, yeah. fighting they're there they're just and I have there. to imagine that's the Kevin <laughs> Smith part of it, because they're just going to stand around and talk a lot. They're the, the Jay and Silent Bob of this movie. Dan Gilroy writes the script for the movie, and Kevin Smith is like in the DVD, the, the commentary. Once you see the movie, then you go back and you can hear just Hal Jordan and Kilowog in their conversation, and that's the movie. You watch the entire movie go through again, but you're hearing them talk about it in the background. And that's Kevin Smith's script contribution right there. So what if we get Christopher Nolan to direct this? Because he likes messing around with mm. different time constructs and editing and telling stories in different ways. It could be a lot like a Dunkirk situation where you're telling three stories, but Ooh. in different time lapses, if you will. Yeah. I like that. So Tim Burton could fuck right off right now. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it would be brilliant if you have this story of... Nick Cage Superman and Constantine, who is not cast yet, we're working on it, doing their own thing, fighting the Vampos, while you have Hal Jordan and Kilowog, Jack Black and John C. Riley, <laughs> And maybe Hal Jordan, he just got dumped by, by the Ferris. And they're trying to work his way through that, his sure. breakup. And he's like coming to terms with something like, oh, God, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned for green rings. <laughs> Like a woman scorned for Oa. There it is. Where in the Superman timeline does this film release? Because if this is same time as Superman lives, we are being reintroduced to Superman. Yeah. They were getting a whole bunch of Hal Jordan shit, apparently, in his backstory. Yeah. Um, are we talking about Kilowog, or is, is he just there? He's just there. He's just, just there. there. No backstory or anything. We are just in, in media res of the DCEU that has been constructed here. It's very interesting that of all of the heroes we choose to pick, we go Hal Jordan and yeah. Superman for the first team up. We could go Jon Stewart if you want, but I want a Green Lantern, baby. Even uh, though Guy Gardner makes the most sense to do if you want to do a Kevin Smith Green Lantern. Oh, that's Jack yeah. Black as Guy Gardner. That's something there. Now, Guy Gardner was always like super aggro, an asshole. right? He's, a He's an yeah. asshole. I don't necessarily get that from Jack Black. Well, I don't even, I don't really get Hal Jordan from Jack Black. I don't get Kyle <laughs> Rayner from Jack Black. I, I don't definitely get don't get Jon Stewart 
from Jack Black. <laughs> but no, no. I think that he could pull off Guy Gardner probably the best of the group. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Fair. I mean, if we're sticking to Jack Black, yes. Yes. Got Gardner. him. He's cast already. It's not right. our call. Right. Okay. All right. Fair. 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 I will then roll with it. We have our foundation. Yes. Okay. Can I start giving you notes? I think you should. Please. <laughs> My first note. Brian has pulled the card. These are all off of cards, by the way. Maybe this needs a bunch of evil elves. Oh, Etrigan. <laughs> okay. Uh, little Vampo elves. Yes, I love it. They have little elf minions that are also tiny vampires. Let's just do the typical Hollywood thing and like not understand comics. And then we'll make them all a bunch of little... um. Mm. Nope, I've lost that idea. Well, let me pick up your idea. I think I know where you're going with this. And let me give you uh, two words I think are going to sum up exactly what's on your mind right now. I'm reading your mind. Ready? All right. Deep Roy. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Oh. As the metal men, but they're elves. So you have Copper, Mercury, Zane, Vampo elves. Deep Roy. In a Willy Wonka type scenario of him as every Oompa Loompa. All right, now I want everybody else out of this movie, and I just want like a movie about <laughs> focus on boy personalities. Yes, and they all like they're like the 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 um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They all have like very distinctive personalities, and like they're their own team of like, oh my god, they're the they're the they're the A team. They're the A team. That's what they, <laughs> they are. They're like be. the Elf A team. They could either be the Elf A team, or they could be the Army of Darkness many Bruce Campbells in the weird cabin thing where they're all like stacking up like my fair lady, (laughs) like that type of scene. I would love that, but it has to be deep or else what are we doing? That's fair. Yeah. 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 I want to put a pin in your producer's note there because cooking with gas a little bit, right? I don't know. Danny DeVito's (laughs) a bunch of Danny DeVito's. Oh, fucking good. Ooh. Danny DeVito's. Yeah. A Can we bunch do of half Danny Deep DeVito's. Roy's, half D- Danny DeVito's? <laughs> There's like a civil war in between the Deep Roy's and the DeVito's. Yes. And that's what this Dracula or whatever the villain is, is fighting to save on his end. He doesn't want to cause a, uh, a civil war or that's within his, his own culture because you need to have the villain to have a motivation as well. Or else what are we doing? Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Hey, Yo! Give me that fucking blood! <laughs> These gears, they run on blood! Why don't we ever play Nightcrawlers anymore? <laughs> I took it for a spin. It felt good. All I know is that Superman's a whore. Whore. He's a whore. Whore. <laughs> whore. That's how you gotta do it. Like, whore. There's like an A in there. Yeah, I'm down for this. Um, Dead Man is also somebody that can easily pop up in this movie as I'm scrolling through. That makes sense. Just a fucking detached ghost. I Also, Keanu Reeves. I, I said it. Keanu Reeves absolutely needs... Yeah, we bring him, back. bring him back. It's not his fault that movie was that way. He's, he's great. He's great. Constantine. Okay, this time we actually dye his hair blonde, though. Yeah, I'm in. 100% in. He's going to look a lot Keanu. like Donnie Cates, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. No, no, no. I think it's time for another note. Uh, this one says, what if we add 100 assassins trying to kill our main characters? Yeah, we already did that. We did elves. that. That's done. Zom- zombies Sold. and elves. That was yep. easy. Or vampires and elves. <laughs> Vampire elves. Don't say and. Very important they don't put the end in there. Vampire elves. Let's set this on the moon. 
son of a bitch. <laughs> Ooh. Well, that makes it harder. Maybe we shouldn't. How about that? Okay, I think that's fair. That said, <laughs> that said, can you name a vampire movie that takes place on the sun? We would be fucking groundbreakers. The it's closest I can think of is like that Nazi one where the Nazis are on the moon. Still. Oh, yeah. With dinosaurs. With dinosaurs. That's right. I can't think of I can't think I of the name. I have no idea what the Sadly. name of it is, but I know what you're talking about. I don't know why, but <laughs> you me think of the movie Sunshine, and now I just want Killian Murphy. So now we need to find Ooh. a role for him. Okay. So let's keep digging a little deeper, because now I need him in this movie. Who did we cast as the dead the man. vampire? Done. Killian Murphy's dead man. Absolutely. That works perfectly. I think that's, yeah, that uh, happenstance, but he is actually, I think, perfect for dead man. I think that's great casting, actually. Wow, that is perfect. Mm-hmm. We've done it. How about another note? Yes. If you're not going to go to the moon, I'll give you something else. What if the villain and the hero were related somehow, but didn't know it? I don't see how that's possible. Dracula's a crypt. Uh, it's a Kryptonian. It's a vampire Kryptonian. But he has like an autoimmune disorder that has like twisted how the sun, uh, his blood interprets the sun. Yes. So it could it just be like, like this allergies, commentary. just Kryptonian allergies. <laughs> He's got Kryptonian hay fever. <laughs> Some weird color kryptonite just made it so the sun has the opposite effect on him. That's bizarro. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's right. That is bizarro. <laughs> that is true. Oh, oh, what if Dracula is bizarro? And that's the Twist. reveal. The entire it's time. It's been that way the whole vampire. time. Bring in M. Night Shyamalan. We got it. So Bram Stoker. That is a famous Kryptonian like, lover. Second half of career M. Night Shyamalan. That's not good. That's bad. Yeah, I, I abort that idea. All right, new, new note, new note. New note. This was, this was not working. <laughs> new note. <laughs> Let's make the superpowers more realistic. How? Ooh. I don't know what that means. Well, obviously, John Peters had it correct. Uh, no flying, no capes. It's all We did very, that already. Uh... We, took, we blocked out the sun already with the vampires. Right, he has no powers. Oh, I mean, true. Dead Man still has powers. So that means we have to look at Green Lantern then. Green Lantern's powers have to be more realistic. All right, so <laughs> it's metabolism based, that. and he has to like keep eating in order to maintain his power. So he's like yeah. um, Han uh-huh. in the Fast and the Furious, and he's always got food in his fucking mouth, and he's like carbo loading. And then it like there's one point where Jack he's like Black. real hungry. You want to know a character I want to introduce to all of this? Because I just want him so badly in a movie, and I don't know why we haven't gotten him ever. Scott Free, Mr. Miracle. Oh, shit. And I want him to not understand how any of this works. (laughs) How he's strictly apocalypse-based. Like, that's where his bread and butter is. Granny goodness and dark side. That's where I want his brain to be. And he doesn't understand how any of the Superman works or anything like that. What I want him to do is I want him to go to Bed Bath & Beyond, and I want him to go to that little outdoor section that they have that has all those like mosquito lanterns, and I want him to buy one of those and give it to Green Lantern, and that's how he's supposed to recharge. So now Green Lantern has got to be a little more conservative about that weird green light that he's given out of all these powers for Superman. That's mm. how you make it more realistic, is a mosquito mm. lantern. A mosquito lantern. From Bed Bath & Beyond. From Bed Bath & Beyond. Bought by Scott Provided- by Mr. Miracle. Yeah. So is that it? He he's like, here's your here's your energy source. It's this bed bath and beyond candle. Um, good luck. And then he bounces and that's his his turn. No, no, movie? no. He's gonna or pop up every around? now and then all the time. Okay. I feel like he's a good not understanding what's happening, 
he's a good plot device to use to explain. You just keep explaining things to Mr. Miracle so you can explain them to the audience. Oh, he's the audience surrogate. He is the, uh, uh, yeah. the Ariadne in Inception, if you will. He's the one who's asking questions like, why are Jack Black and John C. Riley just over in the corner eating all the time? <laughs> oh, God. It just made me, God, I have a casting for it. It's got to be Paul Rudd. Oh. oh. I yeah, mean, sexiest man on earth, right? That's officially. Paul Rudd can be literally fucking any part. You want him to be Lois Lane? I'm fucking there. So- <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> Hit me with another note. We're on to something here progressing at least if nothing else okay what if this whole movie was one giant fight scene i think that breaks our movie but we can do this all right it's basically death of superman how so that's just one giant fight scene is it yeah it's doomsday just running amok just straight through every downtown superman hearing oh this is bad and then he shows up and then they just fight for issues Hmm. that sounds so boring gotta do that with dracula and then also pay lip service to jack black and john c Riley in the corner let's move on it's a bad note bad producer that's what producers do it's true they're the suits they're not the creatives well if we've got to make it work if we've (laughs) got to make it work (laughs) i won't fund the movie if you don't make the whole thing a fight scene (laughs) so the elves Ah, uh, Jesus, there's so much Vampire elves, they're not just elves. I need to keep saying that. They might also be robots, I can't remember. They're definitely Deep Roy and Danny DeVito, though. Yes. Absolutely. Are they minions of a bigger vampire bad? Yes, of Dracula. Right. Who did we decide is playing Dracula again? We haven't gotten there yet. I feel like we might need to get there. I don't know why, but in my head, this is based off of nothing. Okay. I instantly got like a labyrinth feel out of the tone of this thing. And obviously Bowie's dead. He's gone. Why not give John Bon Jovi a chance? <laughs> I can think of a reason. I can think of an Ally McBeal reason. <laughs> wow. I never thought I was going to get McBeald here. <laughs> you just got McBeald. <laughs> uh, no, I don't dislike that. And I will, I will take your music choice ozzy osbourne i think it's two on the nose is it all right marilyn manson is out because he's problematic now uh he is what about like a james headfield i feel like that's two on the nose too though and also i've seen him wear just like crocs around now like he's not that metal anymore Uh, post malone (laughs) it's not post malone (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't hate post malone so far of all of the musical choices Post Malone might be the best Dracula so far. I'm into that. Well, let me ask you this. This is a serious question. Is there going to be a musical number a la Labyrinth David Bowie? I haven't pulled that note card yet. There doesn't have to be, but... Okay, I'm just throwing out things. I don't know. There could be. There could be. I don't see a reason not to do it. That's very fair. That's the thing that Marvel hasn't done yet. They haven't had the courage to have a musical number yet. Guys... All right, Dracula, here we go. Fuck music. I'm getting out of music, and I'm going right yeah. back to, like, actors. Dennis from Always Sunny, Glenn Howerton. Glenn Howerton as Dracula. Yeah, but then I think you're going to get into a weird eternal situation where you had Richard Madden and Kit Harrington. You can't put them together because then you just think of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, you got the DeVito The army. DeVitos. That's right. That's right. Now, hold on a second. Let me drop this on you. 
Okay. Todd McFarlane. The fucking author artist himself? Yeah. The Todd. Hey guys. Let's get let's let's get going. (laughs) I'm gonna suck your blood. (laughs) I just I drew Spider-Man so interesting. It was in his webs. It was just like I wanted six (laughs) six spaghetti. Six spaghetti strands. Alright, it was a bad idea. We're spitfiring here. This is what happens. Spitfiring. Spitfire. All right, this is a bad idea. Carry on. Let's let's figure out the vampo later. It's not a bad way to go. I like the idea of incorporating like the comic artist or a writer into there, but who would be a good insert? Who would be? I don't I don't know that it's Todd McFarlane, but I think you could do this. Uh who's the guy who's in the My Chemical Romance shit? Um who did a, a Morrison. Grant Morrison, I think, could be a decent fucking Dracula. Yeah, but no one's gonna understand anything that he says. Do you have to? It's fucking Dracula. He's the main villain. We should probably understand what he says. That's what <laughs> subtitles are for. That's a good point. Nothing but That's, fights. I don't like the nothing but fights card. All right, pin it, pin it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give you another note. I think we need more tornadoes in this movie. Like a red tornado? And that would satisfy the, the producer's note. That's a mic drop there. That was real easy. Yeah. Bam. Does it have to be played by anybody? Or is it Probably. just a CG thing? Oh, that it doesn't have to talk. CGI character. Yeah, it doesn't even have to talk necessarily. But who do you base it off of? The model. Hmm. It's got to look like someone, just so the audience could connect. Well, then it should be Andy Serkis. That's the easy answer, isn't it? Done. <laughs> yeah, that is the easy answer. <laughs> All right, so I think we got a pretty good handle on our A plot now. Let's get those B plot juices flowing. Okay. All right. Because this is, this is where the movie's made. This is this is the heart of the film. Absolutely, it is. This is where our character arc comes into play, and it somehow needs to line up with Superman and Constantine teaming up to fight Dracula, while Green Lantern and Kilowog give them their powers because the vampires have blocked out the sun, so they can operate full time. And also, yeah. Dracula has his robot minions that are Deep Roy and Danny DeVito. Right. And it's all <laughs> happening on a deadly whitewater rafting trip. No, it's not. Carry on. Next one. <laughs> 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 wow that was quick <laughs> on a quest for a treasure that will save the kingdom yes all right done the quest uh that oh i mean that's your MacGuffin. that's what they're looking for is MacGuffin to take care of the all right how's how's dracula blotting out the sun how is he preventing that i would imagine with like a giant sunshade that you would put in a windshield oh he's gonna he's gonna mr burns it so it is 100% a technological thing he made, not yep. supernatural. Okay. He's not going to block it out with bats. We got a guy who controls bats even better than him. The yeah. artifact that they're Arsenal. getting is going to be some kind of computer virus a la Independence Day. And they're going to Jeff Goldblum the virus <laughs> into the shield to yes. bring it back down. Yes. I Time like out. you just said Full Jeff stop. Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is Dracula. Yes. Great minds. Oh, well, fucking there we go. Yeah, why not? Uh, yes! Uh, yes! Um, yes! Uh, um, I'm going to suck your blood. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? I, I think that's it. It almost We're writes good? itself. Bam. Guys, making yes. movies is easy. <laughs> I don't know why they all have this, these issues. <laughs> that's what we've learned tonight. Making movies, easy thing. You have to be a real fool to fuck it up. So what is Dracula's motivation? What is he trying to do besides just get those sweet necks? I've got it. Dracula 
must finish a dangerous supernatural board game to survive. All right, so it's Dracula Jumanji. This is fantastic. <laughs> Dracula hmm. Jumanji. Is there a Mephisto in the uh, DC universe or some kind of like devil Satan analogy? Probably. <laughs> probably. They, that's they fair. Probably have to, yeah. All right. Um, I mean, that's what you do. Dracula. And that's that's the twist. That's what you learn, right? Is is kind of what happened. The the bet that Dracula made. And that's that's the third act. Is Superman doesn't fight Dracula. They work together. He understands his plight. And they he helps roll the Jumanji demon dice. And they tackle it together. And then, I don't know. Fuck it. Let's... They fuck. At the end, Superman and Dracula just fully, like, get it on. They finally understand each other. Like, one fully needs the sun, the other hates it. And in each other, they find solidarity. And Literally within each other. Boom. And that is within exactly how Mark Wade wrote Kingdom Come. <laughs> Gross. Somebody get me a wet nap. Um, I love that idea. I love the idea of a superhero movie ending not with a fight, but the villain and superhero realizing they love each other. But they did that, and it's called Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. (laughs) They did that as a not superhero movie. I want Superman to fucking embrace (laughs) Luther or Dracula or whoever the villain is. I think that's it. And if it's Jeff Goldblum... You know that's and Nick Cage, Nick Cage and Jeff Goldblum. You're gonna tell me they're not gonna bone. I'm trying not to think too hard about it, just because uh, I don't want anything to hit under the table. That's like a reverse <laughs> Favreau salute. So I think this is pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be. I don't hate this. Sitting by the phone, waiting for my call from the academy. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Is there a bullshit C plot? That gets resolved really, really quickly because it gets introduced so late in the movie. I mean, let's find out. It is a DC Something movie that probably with, uh, Deep Roy and Danny DeVito. Like they have some kind. They of need to have something myth. going on. You're right. Yeah. Okay. They have to fight an unstoppable assassin from the future. That's the movie. The movie is a whole bunch of different people thinking that they have conflict with each other, and then the end is realizing, oh, we're not so different. Let's fuck. And that's Danny DeVito and the Deep Roys too. They're yeah. they're like fighting to compete for Dracula's like favor, like, oh I'm the better minion. No, I'm the better minion. And then they just fuck at the end. Oh my god, it's just like a scene. It's like that the scene in Atonement, the beach scene. <laughs> it's like it's like the end of Sausage Party. But here's the thing, you need to have a central thing that they're looking for, because they are looking for a treasure. And I don't know how you can solidify like friendship, because that's really what they're looking mm, for. This is true. But what I imagine is the end scene is that whatever this totem is for friendship, and for all I, I can imagine, it's just an N64 with Goldeneye, and they get a chance to just <laughs> hang out together. Mm. But it's got to be like the end of the movie Perfume, Story of a Killer, how they all just start fucking at the end because they get that sweet smell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That. It's completely wild. And then you just have just Superman and Dracula and all the Deep Roy's and Danny DeVito's and the John C. Rileys and the Paul Rudds. Yep. And the Jack Blacks just waking up one day. Just like, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> and then Crimes is gone. In credit, it was Cersei. 
all along doing magic. <laughs> the whole time. It turns out it was like a secret Zatanna. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> screwing it. with everybody with Pulling their magic. Pulling a fun fucking spell on everybody, just and that's it. Mister Mixes Pedalic playing his little tricks. <laughs> Done. I think we've got it. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a hit movie. What is friendship to everybody? Maybe that's what we need to figure out. I that's think what that is the that's, that's the MacGuffin. That's the movie. <laughs> that is the. It's just a briefcase with a light coming out of it. That is the movie, an, an analysis of friendship from three different sides, an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot, and it's then a they all green bagel. come together in an orgy of just togetherness at the end, literal orgy of togetherness. Yeah, it's the end of Sausage Party, but actually with people, not CGI. And Superman, all right, I mean, come on, Superman having sex is going to be a feat. That is going to be an That's occasion why you need to, block out to the sun. witness. He has to take advantage of the sun being blocked out. He can finally do it. Maybe maybe it's just Superman realizing he doesn't have power, so now he has to lose his virginity. <laughs> oh, oh. That could be his entire quest. And that the whole thing is really just like a super bad scenario where he's looking for friendship. <laughs> well, now the Paul Rudd is making sense. Uh, uh well, I all right, let's do we is there anybody who has not been cast yet? Do we have a loose hanging thread? I feel like one villain's not enough when it comes down to it. I think we need a, a secondary as just like a friend to bounce things off of. Sure. Okay. A friend of Dracula to bounce off of. Yeah, a friend of Dracula. Okay. Uh, huh. It could just be Darkseid, really. It's whoever he's playing this supernatural board game with. So who would Dracula start a supernatural board game with of Jumanji? And it got fucked up so hard that the sun got blocked out. Maybe that's how it happens. Man Bat or Etrigan or uh It could be just Bizarro. Hmm. Well, I mean, there you go. He's playing with Bizarro because he wants the real thing. And that's what the end is. Like in the end, <laughs> he gets Superman. And that's so it's it. a win for Superman, it's a win for Dracula. Jack Black's having fun off in the background. It's good times all around. Yeah. I can feel the Oscar in my hand already. This thing's heavy. At least for uh costuming. If Suicide Squad can get costuming, we can get costuming. Come on. Oh, without a doubt, we're going to get costuming. That's oh. like nothing compared to what we've just done. We're a shoe in for music because we're going to get Elfman. It's Of course, it has to be Elfman. Yeah, Elfman's the go-to. There was something that's, that Ryan said earlier that stuck with me, and I don't know if we've made a good movie or not, but I do know the name right. of my band. It is going to be Danny DeVito and the Deep Roys. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> That's fantastic. (laughs) Gentlemen, I think we've made a movie. Against all odds. Might not be the best movie, but it's got to be better than at least half of them. Half of the (laughs) movies. Half the movies ever made were in the top half. (laughs) That means it's a perfectly average movie. Are you all happy with this movie that we've created? Yeah. I think so, but maybe there's, there's a way we could figure it out if it's a good movie or not. I think you're right. I think we should give our movie a super stuff score. Oh no. <laughs> I knew it was coming, yet I still did not prepare. Yeah, and I realized we fucked up in two categories so quickly. So uh-huh. bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's go forward with uh-huh. this. <laughs> There's one I'm already like, oh, whoops. Uh huh. We are hypocrites. Yep, we are. First category is story motivation. Easy one. E- obviously, it's a one. Yeah. Very developed motivations for every character, including Danny DeVito and the Deep Roys. 
We made sure of that. Yeah. Protagonist. It's still Superman. Yeah, I forgot he was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have Constantine. We've got the Deep yep. Roys. They're technically yeah. all protagonists. It's true. Like, that's the twist. Is there's the twist no is protagonist. There's, there's no villains. There's no real villain. But I right. think the villain is really just all of us at the same time, too. Everyone's a protagonist. Everyone's an antagonist. Because yeah. friendship works that way. It's a two-way it's street. It's life, you know? Nobody's all good or all bad. <laughs> uh, I would say our heroes are probably uh, one. Yeah. Yeah, I think we developed them pretty well, too. And they have their arcs. They're fighting Dracula, man. They save the day. They do save the day. And they you all get that. some. And everybody mm-hmm. gets some. That's true. Villains. Probably a 1-5. For Dracula? For Jeff you... Goldblum Dracula? Yeah. And, wow. and Danny DeVito and the Deep Roys. That's fair. Yeah, those are th- those are easily better than the protagonists. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. But usually the henchmen are. Yeah. That said, you forgot Mr. Miracle and Dead Man, and we've got like a lot of protagonists too. Those are just background characters. They're just okay. Filming. Okay. They're, they're, they're just building out the universe. I see. For right. comic okay. relief, potential okay. sometimes. Okay. One five for villains. Now, usually we would go parents here, but I think this is a teamwork movie. Oh, I think it should be because we forgot to <laughs> include parents in hard stop. Well, let's Superman. We know what happens. To his We've parents. built a lot but, of teamwork, but there's a ton of teamwork happening here because you have Constantine and you have Superman and you have two Green Lanterns. I, th- I think this is definitely a teamwork category and they all come together at the end. So much so that they come together at the end. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we had any kind of female representation in this movie, there could be a potential parent down the line, but it's, I think our end is just a bunch of, Dude's boning. Yeah, we'll get there in a second. Okay. I wonder what John Peters would have to th- say about our movie. Fuck him. I think we already know the word he would use. <laughs> <laughs> so many capes in that movie. Uh, I think that teamwork here is a one. It is a definitely a one. I would argue teamwork is a two. Teamwork is a two because they literally come together. That is yeah. the whole you know point what? of the movie. I approve. Boom. Two for teamwork. That's the old. Uh, yeah. I, I will let everything else go by. I will die on a two and a teamwork. I think that's fair. Female characters. Yeah, it's probably a Zero. negative one. We forgot all about <laughs> that's, it. We owe points. Yeah. That's, uh huh. Did not think about that one. Yep. That's on us. I said Zatanna once, and that probably <laughs> wasn't enough to cover bases. Yeah. Well, you did make it like it was all her thing. Like she was the one pulling all the strings. But... Yeah, but that would be like a bullshit Men in Black ending of yeah. it's on Orion's belt. It just right. happens to work out. I think at one point I said Paul Rudd for Lois Lane. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> negative. That's, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> negative negative one. <laughs> Go negative one for female yeah, we, characters. Yeah, we owe a point. That's fair. Sorry, that's everyone. That's fair. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We could have done better. Uh, setting. Yeah, we didn't really play that out either, did we? Uh-uh. No, we I mean, not. I'm sure that's something that would come up before we actually started shooting. We pitched it, man. It's out there. We should have done that. Yeah. Well, at one point it was on the moon. <laughs> briefly. That is true. It's briefly on the moon, which was a setting, but. I mean, it's going to be mostly green screen to get those sky covering technic like dobes and shit. Yeah. I can't believe how much we made it look like Metropolis, too. We really crushed it. That's right. <laughs> you guys should have, you should have seen it. It's beauty. <laughs> it's a, it's a goddamn beauty. It's probably a zero. Yeah, I think it's a zero. Yeah, they didn't do a good job there. Style and tone. It's certainly unique. I think the tone more than anything, because Christopher Nolan is working in so many different 
timelines, telling yes. some different stories. Yeah. We're basically doing that whatever season of Arrested Development that was, where it just kept overlapping. But we're doing it well because we got Christopher. That's Nolan. right. <laughs> All right, there we go. Yeah, it's good motivation for us as filmmakers. Where does that fall, though? What's that? What's that number look like to you? Then? Oh, easy one. That's a one. Easy one. Easiest right. one that's ever existed. Style and tone is a one because we got great style and the tone is immaculate. Music. We know we start at one because it's Elfman. Correct. And without hearing it, I have to assume that it just stays at a one. All right. So when is this movie getting made? Is this the '90s or is this current? I think it's current because we're writing a wrong. Okay. Yeah. So then we're not going to put in like some butt rock track of the day. Right. No. Okay. Butthole surfers we've, are we've not learned. Here. So there will not be Hero by Nickelback playing. I mean, there could be, but it could be an orchestral version that Danny Elfman sings. Oh, I like that. It could be just Danny Elfman rescuing all Nickelback songs and making them not suck. Ooh. So it's everybody's Ooh. personal challenge. That's a gimmick. I like that. It's nothing but Nickelback songs performed orchestrally by Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman arrangements of Nickelback mm. songs. I'll go one five. I love the music in this movie. One five. I think I think it was uh, transformative. <laughs> That's a good word to use. Okay. <laughs> one liners. Uh, there's so many. It's Nick Cage. It's so Nick it starts Cage. at a it's at a point seven five minimum. Jack Black. Mm. That's true. John C. Riley, Paul Rudd. We have the Jeff Goldblum. There's no way this movie is not entirely one-liners. Give me a one-liner from this movie. Um. Oh, okay. Easy. John. Uh. Nope. Sorry. Jack Black is uh Hal Lanner or Hal Lanner. Hal Jordan. Hal Lanner. <laughs> Hal, Hal Jordan. Yeah. Is Hal Jordan. And uh, at one point, he says something like, "Uh, he does something with the ring and kill a wog." Uh, is is impressed, and he's like, "Don't go getting green with envy now." Oh, I love it. I love it. So it's not good. Much. It's not Call good. Back, but it's what would the be there. Most that terrible movie ever. It's absolutely perfect, though. Yeah, yeah. Solidifies the one. Hate it, <laughs> yeah, we we got yeah. the one line. I'm not happy with it. Not happy. I think my favorite one liner from this movie is at the end in the orgy scene when John C. Riley goes, "Don't make him touch." <laughs> Like that that breaks me every time. Oh, don't make him touch. It's a good one. I'm actually a big fan of uh when Jeff Goldblum rolls the dice, he's like, ah, snake eyes. That's classic. <laughs> classic yeah. Goldblum. It's like he's just saying what's <laughs> happening on the screen, but damn it, he sells it. Oh, he's so good at everything he does. Yeah, one. I think it's appropriate. So one. It's fair. And finally, impact on the genre. I'm not sure it's gonna be huge. I think it's gonna be massive. Oh, shit. All right. It's going to change the way they write Superman from now on. It's going to change the way they write film. Yeah. Hard stop. Boom. Yeah. I mean, people complain about the Marvel formula with the big th- third act like fight scene that just right. takes too much CG and just it's it's all about the spectacle. We're Not ours. The opposite of that. It is nothing but connection. Human literal fucking connection. It's the That's characters getting beautiful. thrown together and having to sort themselves out. Right. And solve their own problems. And there's not a big third act fight scene. There's a big third act fuck scene. And that's important. We won the board game. There's only one thing left to do. All right, one. one. I want to be a little conservative here. Right, right. Let's not just because our, anything, own could be our, our filmmaking is conservative. So we should be conservative here. That's true. It's so conservative that we didn't give women any roles. No, but at the same time, we also didn't name the movie, which I think we should probably call 
they wanted to call it Superman Reborn and then Superman Lives. This one should be Superman Comes. <laughs> Superman Comes. <laughs> the the coming of Superman colon the coming of a new age. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the, the, uh, there's 100% something there. percent. That's but it. it. We can absolutely work coming in. We got yes. plenty of time to change that title. Look at what happened with Revenge of the Jedi. We got time. That is going to give Superman colon the coming of a new age a final super stuff score of nine. Yeah, a little low. All right. Well, we yeah. tried. I mean, they can't all be tens. <laughs> I feel like this is higher than any of the the movies I've been on that were actually movies. So I feel like we did a good job, guys. We did. Like we've did made well, the best movie worth, possible. If nothing else, we proved that Kevin Feige's an idiot, and we could just make a better movie out of cards. <laughs> this is true. He can wear all the cool hats that he wants. Right. We played with all the toys available in the universe too. Didn't have to spend years doing it. That's it. Yeah. So I guess on that note, Brian, <laughs> what are we talking about next week? <laughs> next week, we are going to be talking about the original Marvel movie that crossed timelines and and universes. And it's funny we mentioned Brian Singer earlier because we're going to be talking about X-Men Days of Future Past. I haven't seen it. I've been very excited for this one for a long time. You've yeah. never seen it? Never. Oh, it's interesting. I will be curious to hear what you think. There's a lot of these movies that I have purposely not watched, so I can watch them with fresh eyes here. And this yeah, is one okay. of them. I'm very curious about this one, because I love the comic. It's really, really well done. And, oh boy, my fingers are crossed here. So, yeah. <laughs> next week, X-Men and Days of Future Past. It's been a while since we brought the, the X-E folks into this thing. It's been a long time since we talked to mutants. What was the last one? Would that have been uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine was the last one? It would have been Wolverine. The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Wolverine. The the Japan Japan one. one. That's that's okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. So is X-Men Origins Wolverine, though, if you eliminate the the weird Deadpool thing. None of it's good. None of it's good. The fucking adamantium bullet. None of it. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Get off your high horse. Watch some superheroes fucking the third act. I wish uh, Wolverine <laughs> Origins could have been saved by more fucking. There is none. You put Gambit in that movie and you're going to tell me he's not fucking anything? <laughs> That's true. Gambit fucks. Gambit definitely fucks. Gambit fucks. This guy fucks. So until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, email your questions and comments to katepodcasters at gmail.com. Or tune into our social media pages, especially our Facebook, where we always put up a post on the days we record asking for your questions and comments. And we got a few. Bill Hawkins said any Nick Cage Superman movie also needs to have a Nick Cage playing Bizarro, right? Right? <gasps> right. Actually, yes. that is correct. And he's absolutely correct. I think you also need to bring in like every version of Superman in one movie. It's got to be Nick Cage- as Superman, Nick Cage as um, Bizarro, Nick Cage as Sp- Cyborg Superman, Nick Cage <laughs> as Ultraman, just all of John them. John Steele? Yep. I'm into this. It's adapt. It's adaptation, but the DC version of it. I'm into it. <laughs> Captain Spoiler Micah said, cast the rest of the Justice League if Cage reprised his role as Superman. Oh, we've already used a lot of people. We have. Phil Hawkins also wrote in here and said, Tom Cruise's The Flash. Yep. Okay. Ooh, 
that's good. So that role's taken for that. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. All right, so Batman seems like the next one. Batman and Wonder Woman are your next big two. Right. And so keep in mind that Tom Cruise is the Flash. Tom Cruise is Flash. Nick Cage is Superman. So you need somebody who is in that league. Right. 57-ish I mean, years old. Oh, shit. So does that mean we have to get Helena Bonham Carter as Wonder Woman? Cuba Gooding Jr. is Cyborg. Okay. Yes. Yes. I I am into that. Loving this Jerry Maguire reunion that's happening there. Yeah. Oh, all right. So wait, who is the Justice League for this um, go round? Is it Hawkman? Is it Green Lanterns in there? Let's have. Who do we let's, have? Uh, let's do the basic. Let's have Superman, Batman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Go Martian Manhunter. Cyborg, Manhunter. And I guess we could do Hawkman. He's kind of on the outskirts a little there, but. Okay. I don't hate Sandra Bullock as Wonder Woman. I hate Sandra Bullock. Even though she was Lois Lane. What? (laughs) Full stop. I cannot stand Sandra Bullock. It's like the one person. The one name you could have given that just. Why? What'd she do to you? Uh, Well, first of all, she's bad at acting. Woo! That's. I've never watched a movie. We just talked about Nick Cage for two hours. That's that's true. That's true. I just I've never watched a Sandra Bullock movie and gone, oh, okay, that's character so and so. It's always just Sandra Bullock as blank. So you are upset with Sandra Bullock because you can't suspend your disbelief of any of this. Yeah, I just I I guess that's it. I just can't not see Sandra Bullock. Okay. Pretending to All be right. somebody else. <laughs> that would make them a bad okay. actor, wouldn't it? <laughs> It, all right, so this is probably hack in like the easy, clear way to go, but Lucy Lawless. I think it's very Woman. on the nose. It's very yeah. on the nose, but I mean, it's not terrible. Who is of that time? Like, I'm trying to think of like the 90s and who's like real huge as a think, as an actor. I think I have our Batman. All right, who's the Batman? It's Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I love it so much. That is <laughs> damn near perfect casting. He's a great Bruce Wayne I don't know about Batman, but he's absolutely got the Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I mean, he definitely matches the energy of a Nick Cage Superman. And it takes the whole Kevin Smith fat man on Batman to a whole new level. So that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Wonder Woman. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. That would have been about that time. Or we go. Oh, what? Uh, shit. I just said. Oh, here's a weird one. Here's a weird one. Um, but maybe you could do like the, the Paul Rudd to Ant-Man or Chris Pratt to Star-Lord transformation. Parker Posey. That's not bad at all. Okay. Gotta get some of that Christopher Guest magic in this movie. Well, I want Catherine O'Hara. That's a, then I immediately was just like, well, fucking Batman's out. It's Eugene (laughs) Levy. If you want to just go wild. Okay. So this would be a Christopher Guest Justice League and (laughs) they don't actually fight any crime, but they get to do their little interview segments. Oh. to the camera the entire time yes. and talk about their plights of being a superhero and that's it that's the whole movie go watch any christopher guest movie and there's your casting we've done it <laughs> i'm okay with this i do want to uh retroactively go back to our film of superman whatever the coming of age or whatever we called it <laughs> uh because michael carlstrom he gave us a note that we should include in the Nick Cage Superman. Okay. Mm. He needs to be a Beatlemaniac. 
a la Nick Cage in The Rock. Yeah. Where he says that he's a Beatlemaniac. I'm a Beatlemaniac. Nowhere uh. and never comes back ever again. There's no reason for it. <laughs> nah, one step farther, like Goldfinger, he just like drops weird Beatle references out of nowhere under his breath. <laughs> Superman does. He'll like, he'll save somebody and be like, Eleanor Rigby, all the only people. And just, <laughs> that's it. And that's what he does. He just like has a nervous tick where he quotes Beatles. But then you can also treat it like Michael Keaton and the other guys where he doesn't even recognize that he's quoting TLC things. And it's just the page quoting That's Beatles. true. That's, that's oh, it. Man. That's it. Superman is just dropping nonstop references and does not understand what he's doing. Fantastic. I love it. Saving Metropolis eight days a week. <laughs> that's been a hard day's be night perfect. it's always a hard day's night for batman especially the last one we have is from mike lanham he gives us a wet bed behead oh this is a little different because it's the john peters version okay wet bed behead no suit or a cape no flying <laughs> and giant spider oh no okay i'm fucking that giant spider because it's metal as hell <laughs> Okay. That might be the move. Uh, yeah, you wed or bed the spider. Uh, I'm not sure which one yet, but you don't get rid of the spider. The spider's great. Spider's got I think, I think you behead the suit, the suit and cape. Get rid of that. You have to have the suit, suit and cape. <sighs> I think you wed the spider because I think that's a good solid idea. You stick onto that and you fuck the, the, the no flying. You, you bed the no you flying. Jump. You jump a yeah. little bit. Yeah. yeah Classic suits. There. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right choice. Nailed it. All around, we nailed it. Yeah. Bravo, <laughs> everyone. Everyone, thank you so much for writing in. Thank you so much for sitting here and hearing what a modern cinematic masterpiece sounds like. This is actually how it works. Yeah. You're in the room. They always say like, oh, in the room where it happens with Broadway and Hamilton or whatever the term is for any of that. You're in the room, baby. Welcome to the room. Oh, the room. No, do not include Tommy Wiseau in any of this at all. Hard stop. Now I want that, though. He's now Alfred. that you said it. <laughs> but I've also seen clips of him as the Joker, and oh, ah! good. They're actually like, it makes sense. I want that. I want that in my movie. Uh huh. I don't care. Alfred works. Joker works. I think they're both great. Things to chew on for the sequel. This is good. That's right. We got some juices going here, Ryan. I can't thank you enough for coming on this journey with us. Thank you for having me. Why don't you tell the fine folks here about your website, Film FTW? It is a very simple movie blog with some movie reviews and little pieces I do, written pieces. Uh, you can find it at film-ftw.com. Uh, I update it at least once a week, uh, and there's some stuff there. You might enjoy it, you might not. Check it out. Who knows? <laughs> I really, really like your rapid reviews. Those are my favorites. Thank you. Just because, you know, you you get in, you get out, and it's like, I got a little taste. I kind of like that. That's yeah. nice. It's a good format that I'm going to do a lot more going forward because I've got a lot of shit that does not necessarily warrant paragraphs of talking about. Right. But like one or two, great. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. Absolutely. Ryan, you're the best. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. Everybody, go check out film dash ftw.com go read the version of the ryan talk 
<laughs> it makes a lot more sense. It's definitely mo- more co- coherent. When I talk out loud, <laughs> it's a jumbled, garbled fucking mess. So uh, <laughs> that's that's where my pride is. So yeah, absolutely. If you want to see me at my prime, it's in writing. It's not in talking. Go look at him in his prime. Don't look at him here. Ignore everything you've just heard. <laughs> Except for that deep Roy fucking scene, because that's yeah. goddamn brilliant. That is gold that's never going to be replicated. Absolutely. Ever. People say that Orson Welles and his stupid sled rosebud, that's like uh, the the pinnacle of cinematic masterpieces. They're idiots. Everyone's they just don't idiot. even know. They have no yeah. clue what it looks like, Deep Roy's and Danny DeVito. Cinematic DeVito's. raspberry compared Grabbing to Grabbing hogs best. and going to town. <laughs> Putting on their so many hogs. magnum condoms for their monster dongs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, thank you. Brian, you got anything else? I have nothing else. Fantastic. We're going to see everybody next week for X-Men Days of Future Past. Same pod time? Same pod. What the fuck did we just do? Yeah.